forward. That wonderful day at the cross when, by faith, uh, all my burdens rolled away, and I hope that you know uh, what that is and how, uh, what a a great uh, change and a difference that makes and that difference was made uh, in your life uh, as well. Um, If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 25. Uh, We're going to... be looking at verses 31 through 46 uh, this morning as we talk about reaching out um, and getting our hands uh, dirty. And uh, we've been talking about uh, reaching, and we started by uh, you know, talking about how God desires for us to be His people, and uh, that you know, how uh, you know God has a plan for our life and. Uh, God desires for us to be a people that's growing and a, a people that's uh, reaching uh, our potential for Him. And uh, how? And then we t- talked uh, the next week about how uh, we do that by first reaching up, by reaching up, and how it has to begin by having the right eye, understanding it's not about us and it's not in our power, but it's about Him. And it's about having understanding that's all about God and it's all about, it all comes through God. And it's all about living a life through God's power. Uh, and if you want to reach uh, and be what God intends for you to be, it's going to be because God uh, is allowed to work in your life. And then last week we looked at reaching in. And understanding that, you know what, if we, yes, it does have to do with having the understanding that we need God in our life, but that we have some responsibility. That there, there is a part that we play in this grand uh, scheme, if you will, uh, of God's plan, and that we have a, a part to play. And it's a wonderful thing to know that. Uh, God does desire to use us, and God does have a part to play uh, in uh, this grand scheme. And I am so thankful for that, and I hope you are too. I'm thankful that we understand the truth that God didn't just save us from sin. He certainly did. But there's another part of that truth that God didn't just save you from sin, but God saved you for A purpose. And you need to understand that as well. And that God intends for you to understand that. And you are never going to reach and understand and be who God created you to be until you realize that important truth. And you're never going to realize that truth until you realize that if you're... until you realize... Yes, you've got to reach up, and you've got to reach in, but you also have to reach out. So let's take a look in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 31. It says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, and then he will sit on the throne of his glory. 
And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. And the king will say to those on his right, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. And I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. And I was naked, and you clothed me. And I was sick, and you visited me. And I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and take you in, or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. And then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry. And you gave me no food. And I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. And I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. I was naked, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. And they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them, saying, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So as Jesus is wrapping up uh, his teachings here, and this is toward the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is getting ready to go uh, to the crucifixion and uh, go through uh, that, that great torment and his death on the, on the cross. And this is one of the last teachings that he gives to his disciples uh, as a, a parable, uh, trying to teach them and uh, wanting them and wanting us to understand uh, some important truths. Uh, and so I, I want to just boil them down to two things to, for us this morning. Uh, I think two rel- relatively, hopefully, simple things that I think uh, come down to the things that God wants us to understand uh, as his people. And so, both were of these groups of people thought that in Jesus' story, thought they were God's people. They thought they were good folks. They knew who Jesus was. They had some proximity to Jesus. And yet they ended up in very different places and had very different relationships with Jesus. What made the difference? What made the difference was not seen in their 
closeness to, to Jesus. They were both physically equally close to Jesus. What made the difference was what they did with their being close to Jesus. And so that's the first thing that I think we find in Jesus' message, and that is this, that our relationship with God has to help others. You see, as we talked about last week, God, we're impacted in a relationship with God. And listen, your relationship with God, if you have one, it changes you. And if you've not been changed by God, you have not met Him. And that's just the reality of it. You are not perfect. There's not one perfect Christian on this planet. There's only been one that's ever walked this earth, and His name is Jesus, and you're not Him. But if you know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and you have had this life-transforming encounter with Him, you are changed. You are not perfect, but you better not be what you used to be. But praise God, you're not what you're going to be either. You're on your way to being transformed. You're not perfect yet, but you are changed. You're different. And one of the evidences of you being different is that life is no longer just about you. Now life all of a sudden becomes not only about you, but it becomes about God. And because life is about God and you care about God and God becomes the center of your life, you begin to care about the things God cares about. And what does God care about? Well, God cares about holiness and those kind of things, but God cares about people. God cares about hurting people. God cares about people that are... uh, Loss. God cares about suffering people. God cares about not just us. God cares about others. And so as we become more like God, and as we grow in a relationship with Him, we become more concerned about the things that God is concerned about. And because God is concerned about others, we are concerned about others. And so Jesus gives this uh, story, the sermon illustration. He says, listen, the, the king is going to come and there's going to be two groups of people and one's going to be on the right hand, one's going to be on the left hand. And to these on the right, he's going to say, listen, I was hungry and you gave me some food and I was thirsty and you gave me water and I was naked and you clothed me and You know, I was sick or I was in jail, in prison, and you came and visited me. And they're going to say, when did we do any of those things? And Jesus replies, when you did it to the least of my brothers, you did it to me. And he said, so great is your reward. And so he says, you have... Everlasting. Were they saved because they did these things? Were they saved because they ministered to the homeless or they gave people food or they gave people drink or they gave people clothes or they 
minister to the homeless or they minister to the sick or they minister to people who were in prison. No, they weren't saved by doing any of those things. They did those things because they were saved. They did those things because they belonged to Jesus. They did those things because their life had been so transformed and changed and God had gotten so a hold of their heart and so a hold of their life that they were changed and they were not what they used to be. And so they understood that life was not about themselves. And you see, if you understand and if you think that life is all about you, You have not met God, and you don't get it. But if you're here today, and you understand that, you know what, it's not about you. It's not all about you, that you are not the center of the universe. That the world does not revolve around you. It doesn't even revolve around your grandchildren. Rather, it revolves around God Almighty. And that the supreme source of information, the the ultimate source of, of truth, and the ultimate guide is not you, it's not public opinion, but it's God Almighty. And so Jesus wants us to understand that when we have this relationship with God, it drives us to reach out to others. And by the way, that's been God's heartbeat from the very beginning of Scripture. And it's been God's design for God's people from the very beginning of Scripture. God has always had a heartbeat for all of the world. Even way back in Genesis chapter 12, you remember as God promised to bless Abraham? You remember what he promised Abraham? He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless your socks off. He said, I'm going to make you a great nation. And you're going to have so many kids, it's going to, you're going to have more kids than the sand of the seashore. That's a bunch of kids. He said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you stuff. But he didn't stop there, did he? He said, no, I'm going to bless you. But he said, Abraham, through you and through your seed, every nation on earth is going to be blessed. And those that bless you, I'm going to bless. And those that curse you, I'm going to curse. And all through God's word, we find this reminder over and over again that God's desire is for all people to come to know Him. Ultimately, that's revealed to us in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, you know, Paul tells us that Jesus came first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. Peter tells us that God is not willing that any would perish but that everybody would come to repentance. So God has always had this heartbeat for the entire world. He doesn't want anybody to perish. 
God has always been concerned for others. And so Jesus said, if you're my people, it's going to be marked by concern for others. In fact, Jesus said it this way. He said, they're going to know that you belong to me. He said this to his disciples by the love that you have for one another. Jesus said, you're not going to have to even open your your, your mouth. You're not going to have to tell them that you are one of mine. They're just going to know that you belong to me by the love that you have for each other and for me. And so Jesus wants us to understand that the relationship we have with God causes us not only to reach up to Him and to reach in, but it also causes us to reach out. It causes us to reach out to others. And that's why from you know, many uh, things within society, you know, most uh, children's homes in America and around the, the world are run by churches. Many hospitals, we have one here in our area, uh, still that is uh, affiliated with a religious uh, organization. Hospitals around the world that were, were started and, and founded by religious organizations. Colleges and schools that were started by religious organizations. Because we understand, as God's people, that God calls us to make a difference in this world. not sure how much anymore it seems like sometimes the Christian church is making less and less of a difference and this world is getting more and more secular but as our world gets in worse and worse condition which I think we all would agree it is it's not only an indication the world needs the church and needs God more and more and more, not less and less. The world needs the church more than it ever has before. I really think this world needs God more than it ever has. Now, people, there are a lot of people even in our community. They're well off. They think, oh, I don't need God. But the reality is they need God. And the very fact that they don't think they need God indicates they really do need Him worse than perhaps they ever have. And so we need to understand that our relationship with God should drive us to want to help others. And that's why our church is committed to helping and reaching out to others. Why we tithe our, our offerings to, to missions and to outside causes. 
and why we try to find uh, opportunities when we as a church can reach out into our community and why we seek to uh, do service projects within our community because we, we understand that this is an important truth. The church is not about being a, a clique. It's not about being a social club. It's about being the hands and feet of Jesus. And if we're doing the work of Jesus, sometimes hands get a little bit dirty. When you're doing work, your hands get dirty. Whether you're, you know, John is an auto mechanic. When he's out doing work, he's working on cars. Even if he tries to be very, very careful, his hands get dirty. And sometimes when he comes one Wednesday night after work, uh, I can tell he's come from work. And he apologizes. Listen, I don't care if she shows up. I'm just glad he shows up. Amen? And, but you can tell he's been working. How can you tell he's been working? Because hands are dirty. You know, you clean them off, and he, but you still tell, you know, yep, John's been working. You know, if you've been out in the grass and you've been mowing, you can tell, yeah, you, you can tell. If you've been painting, no matter how careful you are, you, you're going to get some paint on you, tell that you've been. And you know what? If you've been serving the Lord and you've been helping others, now you may not, you know, physically get to, but you can tell. It, it, it will affect you and it will, you'll, you'll get some dirt on you, in other words. Maybe some spiritual dirt on you. And that brings me to the last point. That yes, our relationship with God has to help, but it leads us to help others. But I want us to note that Jesus also reminds us that this help with others that God calls us to the fringes. This help to others, God doesn't just call us to the next door neighbor that's just like us. God calls us to the people that are not altogether just like us. He calls us to the homeless. He calls us to the people in prison. He calls us to the sick. He calls us to the people who are unclean. In the Bible, even in the New Testament, remember, uh, especially people that had things like leprosy. They were unclean, and you didn't go anywhere near them. Kind of like uh, with COVID uh, here. Uh, with, you know, lepers had to you know, kind of be, they were cast out. You know, they had to go out of the community, and uh, you know, nobody went anywhere near them, and That's who the church was called to go and minister to. And so Jesus wasn't just talking about the convenient folks to go and help. But Jesus said, I want you to go to the people that are on the fringes, on the outskirts, that are difficult, those that you don't really want to go to. So he said things like in Matthew 5, 44, when he, when he said things like, love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. That's getting your hands dirty. That does not come natural, and it's not easy to do. Or in Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 19 through 21, where Paul says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, 
but rather give place unto wrath, for his written vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, you shall reap coals of fire on his head. Do not be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And so Jesus reminds us and says, listen, don't let this world defeat you, but rather defeat the evil of this world by doing good and by doing what's right. In other words, don't retreat. Our natural inclination as, as God's people, and, and there is some truth that you, know, you have to be careful with going around and, and being... Uh, too close to fire, you know, and uh, but our our natural inclination is to say, listen, don't be around those kind of people. But listen, can I tell you something that being around those kind of people, and I need to list those kind of people because you all know those kind of people, something came to your mind, and whatever came to your mind, those are the ones God intends for you to go to. Those are the ones that God means. Those are the ones that God says, you know what, those are the ones you need to reach. Those are the ones you need to pray for. Those are the ones that need to know my love. Those are the ones that you need to rescue because they're headed for hell. If somebody doesn't go and they don't rescue them, they're going to find themselves in this devil's hell. You go and you rescue you pray for them. And you go and you snatch them. And you bring them back. So he says, you know, don't, don't be overcome. You pray for, for those that, you know, curse you. If your enemy is hungry, you feed him. If he's thirsty, you give him a drink. Is that easy to do? It absolutely is not easy to do. But that's what God calls us to do. And the only way you can do it is when you have those right eyes, not your eyes, not worldly eyes, but the eyes of Jesus. Eyes that see with compassion. Because that, you know, you see people with you know, all marked up with tattoos or, you know, pink hair and mohawks and, you know, earrings and piercings all over the place and things coming out of their nose and their tongue and every which way. And makes, what on earth? And you know what? Your, your first reaction is, oh, my, let me go on the other side of the street. Well, can I tell you what? God would say to you, you get close as you can to that person, you smile at them, and you make nice to them. And you build a relationship with them. And by doing that, you might just win them to Jesus. And you might just change their life. Because can I tell you that if Jesus can save me, and if Jesus can save you, Jesus can save anyone. 
And I'm thankful that somebody told me about Jesus. And I hope you're thankful somebody told you about Jesus. And just like God used someone to tell you, you might be the someone that God uses to tell someone. It might just be someone that's on the fringes, that scares the bejesus out of you. Someone that's so unlike you. Someone that you say, oh Lord, there's no way you can save them. When you say that, you say, you know what God says? He said, All right, come on, let me show you what we can do. And so I think God's challenge to all of us as we as a church say, Lord, help us to reach our community. Help us to make an impact in Pearl, Mississippi. Help us to make an impact in Rankin County. Help us to make an impact not in the United States and around the world. Help us to be the church you want us to be. You know how it begins? It begins by us saying, Lord, help us to be willing to get our hands dirty for your glory. Help us be your hands and feet. Help us not to be content like these goats with just being near you, sitting. And bah! But help us to be doing something. It's not proximity to Jesus that makes the difference. It's what we do with the proximity. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for your goodness. And Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you saved an old sinner like me. Thank you that you used me despite myself. And Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you in the free grace of salvation, would you help them today to call out to you to receive that free grace, that free gift of salvation, to simply acknowledge you and to ask you to come into their life and to be the Lord of their life, unworthy as they are. to find new life, to receive forgiveness. But Lord, for those of us that have received that great gift, may we, as you've spoken to us, I believe you said to all of us, you're reminding us, listen, you can't keep it to yourself. You've got to share it, and you've got to be willing to get your hands dirty. Lord, when we stand before you, may there be some spiritual dirt under our fingernails. May we be found busy doing your work. Lord, forgive us for the opportunities that we've missed. And Lord, help us to take full advantage of those opportunities that you might send. 
Lord, as a church and as individuals, would you help us to say, Lord, help us to be your hands and feet. Help this church to be a place to become known as a place that wants to make a difference for you. A place where love lives because Christ lives here. God, help us not just to be busy, but be busy with you. Help us to be in partnership with you. Help us to make a difference for you. In Jesus' name. Let's stand together. Let's sing this hymn of invitation. If God spoke to your heart and the decision you need to make, I invite you to come today. You make that decision for the Lord today.